0: You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. And what's up, Houda Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Voglu. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Report and on Instagram at at Saints underscore straight up. And if you want to join the Patreon page, you can always do that. I'll leave the link on Twitter with this episode. Now, a lot to talk about. We're going to get into the Week 2 matchup for the Saints against the Las Vegas Raiders, which still feels a little bit weird to say, Las Vegas and not Oakland Raiders. Uh, We're going to talk about Michael Thomas' injury, what that means for the Saints, what they can and can't do during his absence. And then we're going to hit up the injury report and talk about three keys to week two and what's going to decide that game because it's going to be an interesting one and the reality is the Raiders are not the Raiders of two three years ago where they're pushovers this is a legitimate football team with a lot of talent on both sides of the football and they have a lot of interesting offensive pieces that the Saints are going to have to stop um, in that game so it's going to be a fun one for, for sure but let's get into the main thing here the main concern for Saints fans right now it's the same thing that's been causing you to not get sleep at night it's Michael Thomas's injury it's a high ankle sprain. It's something that could have been avoided. It was really shit luck. If I'm going to put it the you know the uh, most blunt way possible, it was shit luck late in the game. Latavius Murray's running, and he basically falls on top of Michael Thomas' ankle while he's blocking. He doesn't see him, and they mark it down as a high ankle sprain. Now there's been conflicting reports. You have reports saying he's out for several weeks. You have the Saints saying he looks pretty good, and there's a glimmer of hope that he'll be back sooner than expected. Um, but he's not going to play this week. And, and I know there's some hope out there. There's a lot of people crossing their fingers. He's not playing Monday. If the Saints even think about saying he's playing Monday, I think it's gamesmanship. I think it's, hey, listen, Raiders, you you're not going to play Michael Thomas, but we're going to make you prepare for Michael Thomas. And that's Sean Payton's way of, you could say, being petty, being a competitor, whatever you want to call it. I think that's the only thing the Saints mean when they say, hey, look, there's a chance he plays Monday Night Football because I don't see it happening, and here's why. Michael Thomas is the most important player on the Saints' offense. I'll say it again. Michael Thomas is the most important player on the Saints' offense, and I know probably some of you guys listening right now are thinking, what are you saying? It's always the quarterback. It has to be the quarterback. That's not necessarily true. The Saints lost their quarterback last year and went 5-0 against some pretty good teams nonetheless. The Saints lose Michael Thomas And that changes the whole offense. How and why does that change the whole offense? Well, here's the reality. When you're a defensive coordinator preparing for the Saints, what is rule number one? Stop Michael Thomas. That is rule number one. And guess what? When you can't do rule number one and you can't accomplish that goal, you're done. If you can't accomplish your main goal and you can't stop Michael Thomas, odds are you're probably not stopping Alvin Kamara, not stopping Jared Cook, not stopping Emmanuel Sanders. And the Bucs did stop Michael Thomas. And because they put a lot of emphasis into Michael Thomas, guess what happens? Jared Cook played well. Alvin Kamara had two touchdowns. The Saints were able to find other ways to manufacture their offense, and it worked in their favor. Now you don't have Michael Thomas, and that is one less thing the Saints uh, opponents have to prepare for, and that's one big thing that you don't have to prepare for because Michael Thomas is cerebral. He is an assassin in the way he approaches the game. He's not there to beat you on vertical routes and beat you down the seams. He is there to beat you every single snap, and remember, it's these small cuts that kill you. It's not the big gash for 60 yards that ends the game. It is constantly giving up 15 yards, 12 yards, 10 yards, 15 yards, moving the chains constantly, and that's what Michael Thomas brings to the Saints. So you take Michael Thomas out of the equation, and the Saints have a massive hole to fill. And it's one that you don't necessarily fill because there is no replacing a Michael Thomas because he is that damn good. But there are ways to massage the injury, And that's what the Saints are going to have to do. And I can explain how they can do it in a little bit. But I want to get this out there because there's a lot of people saying, look, there's two sides of the spectrum here. So I want to address both. There's one side that thinks the Saints are absolutely screwed without Michael Thomas. And I don't think that's the case. And there's the other side that say we'll be just fine without Michael Thomas, which I also think is a little naive. You need Michael Thomas if you're going to play championship football. If you're going to be the best version of the Saints that obviously has Michael Thomas. So, for people being naive about it, just understand he's that important. For the side that is just saying the sky is falling, let me just tell you the truth there. Stop, have a nice cold glass of water, relax, kick your foot up on the couch, and just chill. Because that's not the case. The Saints won five games last year without a Hall of Fame quarterback on their lineup. They can win one, two, three, how many games they need to in a short absence without Michael Thomas and it seems like it's going to be a shorter absence because he's not on IR and this year IR is up to three weeks so it's not like the Saints don't have a reason to put him on IR if you can't play for three games you throw him on there you get a player back for the next three weeks so it seems like he'll be back in that span so I think that's important now how do the Saints fix and massage that issue and that that lack of not having a wide receiver one well here's the deal they're in a good spot, and I'll tell you why. They have the one quarterback who, more than any other guy in this league, just spreads the football everywhere. And that's why that's why Drew Brees has made such a long living in this league. Because, look, does he love throwing to Michael Thomas? Absolutely. Does he target him a lot? Yes. But the one thing Drew Brees loves more than anything else is spreading the ball around, spreading the wealth, hitting your running backs, hitting your fullback, hitting your tight ends, hitting your receivers, You know, hitting your deep shots, hitting your checkdowns. He will hit anyone. And what I mean by that is, guess what? On Monday, Drew Brees is going to hit Emmanuel Sanders. He is going to hit Traquan Smith. He's going to throw a couple passes in Taysom Hill's direction. You bet that he's going to use Kamara and Jared Cook. And rookie Adam Troutman might get in the box score. And Ty Montgomery, who really didn't see a lot of usage in Week 1, might be a nice pass catcher in Week 2. A sneaky, under-the-radar player who could make an impact in this game against the Raiders. The Saints need Michael Thomas. I will stress that a thousand times if I need to. But they don't need Michael Thomas to beat the Raiders. The Raiders are a team that struggled to handle a Panthers passing attack that was basically put together overnight with Teddy Bridgewater, acquiring Robbie Anderson, bringing in a new coach with Matt Rule, and new OC with Joe Brady. And guess what? That Panthers offensive attack was pretty good against the Raiders. They almost beat them in a shootout. So now you're facing an experienced Coach and quarterback combo, and Drew Brees and Sean Payton, who, yes, they don't have Michael Thomas, but they still have enough offensive pieces to gash a defense that, one, is injured, and two, isn't necessarily all that talented. And maybe not all that talented, isn't all that productive. And either way, if you're talented, you're not producing. Who cares? What's that talent good for? So I think the Saints will find a way, whether or not people think it's right or whether or not people think it's wrong, they will find a way, at least Monday night, to have a a good enough offense to be in a position to win this football game. And I'll talk about whether I think they're winning it or not in a little bit, but they will have a good enough offense in my opinion to win that football game. And I know having Michael Thomas or not having Michael Thomas to say will hurt if they get to the Packers game and they don't have him, but I'm not trying to go one week ahead. I'm talking about the now and this Raiders team is just as banged up as this Saints team. And I think that's very important to address. So let's get into it. Let's talk about the injury report heading into Monday night, what it's looking like for both teams. And let's start with your New Orleans Saints. So it's not just Michael Thomas that's going to miss this Monday night game. All signs point to Marcus Davenport missing yet another game. And I cannot stress enough how frustrating this Davenport situation is. Not that he's hurt again, because that is frustrating. Don't get me wrong. It's aggravating that Marcus Davenport has not been able to play. What's worse is... We don't have a fucking clue what's going on. We don't have a fucking clue what's going on with Marcus Davenport. All we know is that he hurt his elbow. We don't know if he landed on his funny bone. We don't know if he, you know, completely broke his arm. We don't know if he hurt a nerve in his elbow, or if he hurt a ligament near his elbow. We don't know if he was thrown a baseball and needed Tommy John surgery. We don't know what the hell is going on with Marcus Davenport. And that's frustrating. We don't have the slightest clue. All we sit here is see the practice report and the and the beat reporters say, hey, Marcus Davenport wasn't visible during the media session. And then that all, that's all we need to know, that he's not playing. And that's the second game he's going to miss. He already, he's on pace to miss more games than he has in his career. He usually misses three. He's well on pace to finish past that. This is an issue. And I'm one of those people who has been patient with Marcus Davenport. I say, wait, he's talented. And he is talented, by the way. But goddamn, can we get some type of update on this man's situation? And I don't want him to rush from injury because it's better to have Marcus Davenport later in the season than now. I get that. But man, it is frustrating not having the slightest clue what is up with his elbow. All we know is he can't practice. He's not ready to go. And therefore, he is useless right now because he can't play on Sundays. And if you can't play on Sundays, then what can you do? Not a lot. And that's an issue with Marcus Davenport. So Davenport, yet again, going to miss that. Had to get that off my chest with that one. But it's not all bad news for the Saints. Cesar Ruiz, a full participant during Friday's practice. I think that's a good sign. I think Ruiz is going to be available to play on Monday against the Raiders. I don't know if he'll start, which I hope he does because I can't take watching Nick Easton anymore. But I do think Ruiz is going to play. He's going to be available, and he's back from that ankle injury. So that's great news there. And then P.J. Williams, full participant Thursday, full participant Friday. My gut feeling is he's not even going to get an injury designation for Monday. I think they're going to be ready for P.J. to make his 2020 debut, and he will be back. Chase Hansen's on the injury report with a hip injury. He was limited. He's really a special teams player, so obviously you want him there if you can. But if you can't play, you'll find a way to replace him over there um in the lineup and the last guy in the injury report not really that important though emmanuel sanders not injury related seemed like a vet's day off for emmanuel sanders so let's get into the raiders because they're pretty banged up as well and let's talk about who is not ready to go for them right now big one right here offensive tackle trent brown big calf injury they said it looked like it was going to be one of those injuries that keeps him out for a while then they kind of scaled back on that and they said hey we don't know yet But here's the thing, he has not practiced Thursday, he has not practiced Friday, it's a calf injury, he's an important piece to their puzzle, if Trent Brown's not ready to go, that means Cam Jordan and Trey Hendrickson, and I'll throw in Carl Granderson, should have a big game on the outside. Trent Brown's a very good offensive tackle, the Raiders pay him a lot of money to protect Derek Carr, and if they don't have him, the Saints are going to have a chance to get after Derek Carr, and not only get after Derek Carr, potentially stop that run game, which I'll get into in a little bit. Also, Richie Incognito on the injury report with an Achilles injury, but he was limited On um, Friday's practice, he did not participate at all on Thursday. I bet Richie Incognito, since he is a tough guy, he's one of those dudes who he'll play Monday. He'll be a little banged up, but he will play on Monday. As for other guys who aren't participating, two big ones here. Nick Kwiatkowski, a linebacker um, who they just acquired recently. is with the Chicago Bears. They signed him in free agency. He hurt his pec muscle. They thought he tore it originally. So if you thought he tore his pec muscle, and now it's not as bad, but it's still a pretty big injury, and he hasn't practiced Thursday or Friday, guess what that tells me? I don't think he's playing on Monday, so this is just my opinion and my guess here. Nick Kudakowski, in my opinion, is going to miss the Monday night football game against the Saints, which would be huge because he is one of the starting linebackers for the Raiders, and I'll get into him and why his absence, if it happens, will be big in that game when I get to the three keys. And then another really big name on this list that did not participate is Henry Ruggs III. Henry Ruggs, explosive wideout from Alabama. First round pick was the first receiver taken in the 2020 draft. He looked good in week one. He was getting past that Panthers secondary. He was making men miss. He showed that blazing 40 times speed that we saw at the combine. And he hurt his leg. And he's very lucky. He's fortunate because it could have been an injury that really affected him to the point where who knows if he would have even played the rest of the season. He seemed to dodge a bullet. Whether or not he plays on Monday, still up in the air. This is what I'm getting from Ruggs here. Spoken to a couple people that know the Raiders pretty well inside out. It seems like you're, they're not going to know till Monday. Um, what my guess means is, What I mean by that is I think you'll see Ruggs as a potential limited participant in practice on Saturday, and then he'll probably be questionable for the game on Monday, which means he's probably a game-time decision. But here's the thing with a guy like him. Henry Ruggs is a speedster. If his knee's bothering him, even if he plays, the Saints are going to have a chance to limit him because if he's healthy, the Saints don't have a cornerback that can match up with his speed. That's the reality of the situation. He is that quick. He's not as quick as he usually is. If he's not on his A game, he's not at 100%. The Saints should be fine in stopping Ruggs and slowing him down. Um, so that is a big injury. I know Michael Thomas is the biggest injury out of all of them, but Trent Brown being hurt, uh, Nick Wiedekowski being hurt, Henry Ruggs being hurt, those are big injuries for the Raiders. So it, both teams are banged up. A lot, Most teams at this stage right now are pretty banged up. No no preseason They didn't have OTAs. Guys are not in the condition they're used to being in. And there's some sloppy football being played, which means injuries are going to happen. So that's why you see the injury report the way it is right now. So again, it's not all bad news for the Saints. You might have Ruiz coming back. You have P.J. Williams coming back. And on the flip side, your opponent's pretty injured too. So you can't use the injury excuse when the Raiders are going to probably be missing a key starter or two or three if Ruggs misses the Monday night football game. So that's definitely something to watch. So let's get into pred- uh, my prediction slash three keys for this game, uh, because this is gonna be an interesting game. And I'm telling you from now, similar to the way that, that Bucks game was, there's gonna be moments where we're sitting down and we're biting our nails and we're holding our seats because it's gonna get a little choppy and it's going to come down to the wire in certain stages. But I do think the Saints have a good chance to win this game. And here's three things they need to do to make sure that they go to 2-0 and oh on the season. And number one, this is the most important one to me, Stop, Josh Jacobs. I know that sounds, you know, very cliche and and simple, and it's the mainstream mainstream thing to say, but that's the key to this Raiders offense. Look, Derek Carr is a game manager, and I don't mean that as a disrespectful thing. He, to me, is a Kirk Cousins-type quarterback. He takes the throws that are there, and when you give him the space, he will make you pay. But you do not go into this game and say, oh, man, uh, we are afraid of Derek Carr. Who you are afraid of is Josh Jacobs because Josh Jacobs is an explosive running back who, on a good day, can go for 100 yards and a couple touchdowns. And we saw last week against the Panthers who, although are inexperienced defensively, have a decent defensive line, they got gashed by Josh Jacobs. 93 rushing yards, three touchdowns. He really was the backbone of that offense. But what do the Saints do well? The Saints stop the run well, and that is something they've done for the last couple of years now. They don't allow hundred-yard rushers. Well, guess what? If that if that trend, excuse me, continues, then the Saints are going to be in really good shape to win this ball game. Now, they did a good job on the Bucs' rushing attack. They didn't run the ball that much, but Ronald Jones had 17 carries for 66 yards, and in reality. The last carry of the game, he got, I believe, 12 yards when the Saints were just playing a prevent defense. So you really take that away. It was really 16 carries for 50-something yards, which is about 3 yards per carry, which is not positive at all. So the Saints showed a lot in the defensive run game. So I really like that. Um, And if they can do that on Monday, that's going to bode well for their chances of winning this game. Because Josh Jacobs really is a... Old style running back. He is going to beat you in between the tackles. He is that one cut runner type back, almost like a Nick Chubb. And if you can stop him, you really do a good job of tightening down this Raiders offense. And I don't want to get into the possibilities of what else you can do if Henry Ruggs misses the game, but if they don't have Ruggs and you stop Jacobs, you're basically condensing the Raiders down to. Darren Waller, Nelson Aglor, and Hunter Renfro, which by the way, Waller is a fantastic tight end and Aglor and Renfro in the slot are pretty capable receivers. So there's still weapons that you have to account for, but this really does change the offense. If, If Ruggs is not there and you can shut down Jacobs or at least limit Josh Jacobs, you're going to have a chance to win this football game and win it convincingly. Although I don't know if that's going to be the case because the Raiders are playing at home. They're going to be pumped up for their first game at Legion Stadium, so it will be something to watch for sure. My second key of the game, and this is a really, really crucial one, take advantage of that linebacking corps because right now it's hurt. And i am never one to root for injuries. I will never do that. You'll never hear me do that. But when a team is injured, It would be foolish to not take advantage of that injury. There's no one said there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong if your team does, if your opponent does not have a player that they need due to injury, there's nothing wrong with attacking that mismatch. And guess what? If Nick Kwiatkowski does not play on Monday Night Football, the Saints are going to be able to attack that linebacking corpse for the Raiders. Now, the Raiders did a good job early in the game shutting down McCaffrey. He didn't have anywhere to go. He was limited for the most part. Then Nick Kwiatkowski gets hurt. And McCaffrey starts to get his usage up 97 rushing yards, 38 receptions, uh, 38 uh, receiving yards, not 38 receptions, that'd be freaking ridiculous. 38 receiving yards, 97 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Pretty good day for McCaffrey, obviously below his ridiculous standards. Uh, but what you saw, though, is as soon as Kwiatkowski went down, all of a sudden the Panthers kept going to that well. They were attacking that linebacking corpse. And the reason is Corey Littleton can't do it all by himself. When Corey Littleton is just by himself, that's a lot to ask for to, for him to cover McCaffrey. And now this week, to cover an Alvin Kamara. And now, because it's just one linebacker who really is going to be asked to do a whole lot in John Gruden's defense, that's a tough call. And that means you have to use your $15 million man in uh, Alvin Kamara. And Quidikowski did a really good job last week filling in the A-gaps, going after... Um, McCaffrey and really letting his guys up front like Max Crosby take on the double teams and letting him just explode through the gap. And now you don't have that type of explosive linebacker. Or at least it seems like they won't have that explosive linebacker. That is going to be really big for the saints. And remember, I really don't want to go back to this game because it's going to bring back bad memories, but Alvin Kamara has success against Corey Littleton. He has success in a pretty good amount. And what I mean by that is guess what guys, I'm going to have to go back to that season, but the 2018 season for the saints, they put the Rams twice. Both games, Alvin Kamara played pretty well. The first time, he was unstoppable. The second time, his numbers in terms of per yard per touch weren't great, but what he did to Corey Littleton in the passing game was exceptional. He had 11 receptions for 96 yards. Corey Littleton had no answer for Alvin Kamara. So attack the linebacking corps. They don't have a Kwiatkowski. Make Littleton work, man. Make him work. Give him a little Murray between the tackles and up the middle. Give him Kamara on the outside and in the passing game. Make him work. Tire him out. There is nothing wrong then taking advantage of your opponent being injured in one category. You don't think the Raiders are going to want to take advantage of the Saints not having Michael Thomas? You can take advantage of them not having Nick Kwiatkowski if they don't have him for said game. So that is going to be something for the Saints to do on Monday against the Raiders. And my third key, and this one might sound a little naive, but I'm being serious here, and I didn't see it against the Bucs, or I didn't see it enough, and Drew Brees acknowledged it, and the Saints know it, let it rip. You're going to be in a dome for the most part. The the conditions are going to be controlled. This Raiders defense gave up a couple of big plays against a Panthers offense that was new. Let it rip. Jared Cook was open down the seam a couple of times. I guarantee you Traquan Smith, Monday Night Football, he plays excellent on Monday night. He might be open down the seam a couple of times. Taysom Hill might be able to let it rip on a couple of trick plays. Let it rip it rip. If you don't have Michael Thomas, the best way of getting a defense to stay on their toes and respect you without clamping down is throwing over the top. If you can show that you can throw over the top, even occasionally, they are going to have to respect the Saints offense. If not, they might just be able to zero in on those matchups like Kamara and Cook and Sanders and really tighten their defensive grasp on the Saints because Michael Thomas is not there. So what do you do? How do you combat that? You let it Rip. Obviously you let it rip when you have the chance. You don't sit there like Drew Brees usually does and YOLO throw one into three uh a triple coverage play because those just you know we don't need that. We just don't. But there were serious opportunities for Drew Brees to let it rip against the Bucks. He didn't do it and he acknowledged it after the game. He said he didn't play well, he said they missed opportunities, and he has to be better. So prove it now. You have more time, you had a full week now to prepare. And it's your second game, you gotta start knocking off the rust as it goes. I think the Saints are gonna hit on a couple of deep plays in this one. And if they do hit on those deep plays, it's going to open the offense. And that probably more than anything, outside of Josh Jacobs, because stopping the one is big, is going to determine this game. If the Saints can hit on a couple of deep plays, maybe three to four. And I don't care who it is. It could be Cook, it could be Traquan, it could be Sanders, it can be Troutman, it could be Taysom Hill. I don't care who the hell it is, it could be Deontay Harris for all I care. The Saints will be in great shape if they can take advantage and hit some deep shots because you need to say, Hey, look, we don't have Michael Thomas. You guys have to back up. You cannot clamp down on this offense. And I think breeze is going to have to let it rip. He's talked about that arm strength. Look, we only saw one great throw against uh, Tampa Bay. It was that shot on the left side of the field, pretty deep, about 45 yards in the air or 40 yards in the air. I should say Jared cook. If he can uncork one or two of them, that's going to be big. That really is going to be big. If he can uncork uh, one or two big throws, against the Raiders. So those are my three keys to the Monday night football game between the Saints and the Raiders. It's going to be a fun one. going to be a good one. It's the first game for uh, the Raiders in their Vegas stadium. So how's the best way to uh, welcome the Raiders to the new stadium? You beat the kick. You beat the shit out of them in the new stadium. That's how you do it. Kind of like the Giants did to the Cowboys at AT AT&T Stadium years ago when that first opened. So can the Saints beat the Raiders? That's the question you guys all want to know. And I know a lot of people will, uh, Say this is one of the tough picks because the Raiders look competitive and the Saints are without Michael Thomas. But here's the deal about the Saints I saw something that I haven't seen in a while with the Saints, and it wasn't anything offensively that impressed me. It was the defense. And this defense is getting back PJ Williams. This defense is now playing a quarterback who is not as good as Tom Brady and playing a receiving corpse that is not as deadly as Mike Evans or um, Chris Godwin. You have to take advantage. And this is one of those games where the defense can really earn their respect. You played great against Tom Brady. What is your follow-up act? Are you going to digress? Are you going to show that you really are a top-10 defense that is opportunistic, that forces turnovers, that makes plays when the offense isn't capable of making them? And that's something that I think for first, the first time in a while, I trust this defense. And I think the one thing I saw last year that I loved a lot is when Drew Brees went down, this defense really, really took the, took on the load and carried this team. They carried them to wins against Jacksonville, wins against Dallas, wins against Chicago, and they did great. Can this defense now, without Michael Thomas, shoulder some of the load, carry some of the weight, and say, hey, we got this. Wait until you guys get healthy, and we'll get rolling. I think that's very much possible, and I think that's what's going to happen. I think the Saints are going to have a really strong game defensively against the Raiders. I would not worry about the first drive. The Saints are usually pretty sloppy against scripted drives. But once that first drive's over, when Dennis Allen is able to adjust, and remind you, this is a revenge game for Dennis Allen. He has history with the Raiders, as does Latavius Murray, as does Jared Cook. The Saints are going to find a way. I think the Saints are going to win this one. I think the offense is not going to be as explosive as we want them to be without Michael Thomas, obviously. But I think the Saints are going to surprise people in offense um, in terms of efficiency. That's something that they didn't have last week. They weren't efficient. They were very hit or miss. They either scored a touchdown or they punted three plays in. And you can't have that type of inconsistency. Give me consistency. I think the Saints win this game 26 to seventeen, I, I really think this is one of those games here. If they don't have rugs, they don't have Kwiatkowski, they don't have Trent Brown, the Saints are going to be able to play a defensive, run the football, control the clock, control the chains type game, which is something that they are good at when they want to be. And that's important. So I think the Saints are going to win this game, move to 2-0. and um, And that would be a huge thing for the Saints because the schedule down towards October, November, that's a tough schedule. So you got to take advantage now while your schedule is somewhat manageable, which it is at this moment. And I think this is a good chance for them. Even without Michael Thomas, I like the Saints in this one to win. Um, I I think they're going to run the football pretty well against the Raiders. I think they're going to take advantage of the linebacking mismatch that they have. And most importantly, I think they know that they need to let it rip offensively and take some shots down the field, something they didn't do against Tampa Bay, but I think will do against the Las Vegas Raiders. So I want to hear from you guys. What is your prediction for this matchup? Week 2, Saints-Raiders-Monday Night Football in Las Vegas, in the new stadium with a Death Star, if you want to call it that for you Star Wars fans. It's going to be interesting. I think the Saints are going to get away with another win here. I'm interested to hear what you guys have to think about this game. Are you taking the Saints? Are you taking the Raiders? Are you nervous about it? How do you think this offense is going to respond without Michael Thomas? All of those questions, you guys can hit me up with your answers on Twitter when I post this link on there. Uh, Remember, at Report. if you haven't followed already, make sure to do so. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. Guys, I'll be back with another episode after Monday Night Football wraps up between the Saints and the Raiders. But until then, guys, enjoy the rest of your Friday night. Enjoy your weekend and get ready for an exciting matchup between the Saints and the Raiders on Monday Night Football.